I want to thank the Lord for the opportunity to be up here and to preach His Word. It's, a, it's always a blessing. You know, it's a blessing just to be able to stand up here. And I thank the Lord for my salvation, and I thank the Lord for everything He's done for me. Today, I just kind of want to preach about something that's been heavy on my heart. and I'm not going to lie, I've been really, really convicted lately over the sin in this world, and it's really gotten to me. And I've thought some things that I shouldn't have thought, and I've acted ways that I shouldn't have acted, and I just, I was praying, I was just, I just asking God if he could just lead me, and just, I, I didn't know what to do. I said, God, how, how, can, how can we live with such evil? How can we combat such sin? What, what do we need to do? And he just led me to this passage, and he just led me, led this message on my heart. So I'm going to be preaching in 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 8. Before I begin, I just want to point out that everything, everything that we seem to be reading is coming into play. Every evil deed that seems to be going on in this world, and like the man of God said this morning, it doesn't seem like it, get, it could get any worse. You know, it doesn't seem like, it seems like people will just do anything. And I don't know about y'all, but every, every time I watch the news, it's just the same thing. And I just tell myself, it's, it's bad, but I tell myself, well, I expected that, or, well, it's, that's kind of what I thought it would be. Nothing surprises us anymore. And there's such sin and such hate and such evil in this world. And I don't, have to t- I don't have to give you any examples because I know every single one of us right now, when I, hear the, when I say the word evil, we can think of an example right off the bat, especially in this world. And that's why I was just praying that God would lead me to, tell, to, lead me to what to say and how to combat that. So I want to preach tonight on combating sin. Starting in verse 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind having compassion one for another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but countertwise blessing, knowing that ye are therein to call, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that speak, them, or that speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensure it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So here we have Peter, and as we know Peter, he was one of Jesus' closest disciples, but of course, like everybody else and every other disciple, Peter, I want to say fell into temptation of caring too much about what the world thought, so much of the fact that he denied knowing Jesus Christ. And I think the reason that knowing Jesus Christ at that moment was so horrendous for him that he had to deny the fact was how evil just encompasses every part of the world. Evil encompasses every part of politics, of business. It just, it just is what it is. So when Peter was denying, Jesus, denying knowing Jesus, it wasn't that he hated Jesus. It wasn't that he thought that Jesus didn't do all the things that he said he was going to do. He was scared. He was scared of the judgment of the world. He was scared that he might get hurt or lose his life. But if Peter wouldn't have got saved, if Peter wouldn't have asked for forgiveness, what wrath would he have faced? People can do whatever they want to us. They could kill us, torture us, whatever, take everything we got, but that's nothing compared to the wrath of God. And that's what sin does to us. It clouds our judgment. When we think about what we want to do, sin just it encompasses us. And like, he, like the man of God said this morning, sin will make you pay more than you want to pay. It will make you do things that you never thought you'd do. I'd like to think that all of the evil people or all of the people that do evil in this world, they were once innocent. They were once brought into this world as innocent children. 
You know, something had to change in their lives for them to be that way. I don't believe that God made anybody imperfect. I don't believe that he made any mistakes. People had to be brought into sin. Sin is what corrupted these people. So at one point, they had to fall into that sin. And you think about all the evil things that people were doing. Well, they had a choice. They didn't have to fall into that evil. But because they kept running back to that sin, it cost them more than they wanted to pay. And that's, that's kind of what Peter's talking about. That's what he's warning us about. And, and when I was asking God, I was like, God, how do we combat sin? I was asking myself, how do, we, how do we combat this sin? Because I'm just a man, you know. I'm just somebody from, from Barnesville, you know. I'm, I can't do much. And that's, what, and that's what the devil kept telling me. He's like, you can't do nothing. And that's what he tells us, that we're nothing. Well, in retrospect, we are. When it comes to God, we, we're nothing. But God gave us the free will, and God gave us the opportunity to spread his word. And so when I asked God how we can combat sin, the answer was simple, love. And I know that that sounds way too simple to be true, but Jesus took all of our sin and paid the ultimate debt through love. That was the ultimate act of love and sacrifice. And I know that it seems like this evil, nothing could combat it, but love can. Because Jesus once took, he took those sins away. He paid that debt with his love. And part of love is knowing God. And I like this, I like this section of verses right here because it talks about how to be, how to have love, how to be a Christian, how to show God that you love him. For example, Peter in this text lists key five elements that should characterize all these believers. Number one, he says one mind, pursuing the same goals. That's what we need to do. Our mind should be focused on Jesus Christ. That's what we should focus on. Now, that's not to say not to go to your job or not to work or not to provide for your family, but the ultimate goal should be to do everything for the glory of God. That's what we should all think. And if we all thought like that, maybe the world would be a little bit of a better place. But unfortunately, our flesh is battling our souls. Our souls might be saved, but it's battling our, our flesh. Your flesh is going to want to do what's easy, what's fun, what's good for the season. Our flesh is not going to, it doesn't think about the long-term goals. It doesn't think about long-term salvation. It thinks about whatever's fun, whatever's sinful. And it seems like whatever trend is going on today in our society, it's always sinful. And we always want to reach towards that because as, as humans, we desire, we just, we love people's opinions, you know, and not all of us, but most of us, and I'll say this, all of us want people's praise, I'll say. We want people to like us. It's just human nature. We don't want people to hate us. We want people to like us, you know. At one point in our life, each of us has been a people pleaser. You know, we don't want people to dislike us. That's just who we are. Our human, our flesh, we, we desire that gratification. We desire that satisfaction. We desire to be liked. But when you think, when you think about being a Christian, Jesus tells us that we're going to be hated. He, he, doesn't just, he doesn't just say you might be hated. He says you will be hated. And that's why it's so hard to be a Christian in today's time because everybody, it seems like everybody's against us. It seems like no matter what you look at, no matter where you turn, evil is afoot and we're, they're trying to get rid of God. And I don't, like I said, I don't have to sit up here and give you every example that I know of, but they're trying to take God out of our country. The people, they don't want God because they don't want, they don't want to be told that their actions are evil. They don't want to be told that their actions are going to send them to hell. They don't, want to, they don't want to hear that. As sinners, before we got saved, we didn't want to hear that. I know before I got saved, every time I'd hear a message, I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear what the man of God had to say because it convicted me so bad and it made me feel so guilty. But I needed to hear it. And that's the difference between people who are saved and unsaved. Us as saved people, we love hearing this. Hopefully, we love hearing the Word of God. 
And now that we have accepted the fact that Jesus has saved us and forgiven us for our sins, it's a lot easier to combat our sin. I sin every single day. There's not a day that I wake up that I don't sin. We're all sinners. And without the love of Jesus, we'd be, we'd be in trouble. I'll put it that way. But we all need to be of one mind. And if we could just be of that one mind, the mind of God, if we could just continue to have that mindset and spread it to other people, because nobody's going to think like you think. Not everybody's going to think like we think. Not everybody's going to turn to God. That's unfortunate, but it's the truth. You know, when, G- when the trumpet sounds and Jesus comes back, not everybody's going to go to heaven with him. Only those who accept him into his hearts. And that's why we have to be that like mind. Each and every one of us is different. I'm different from everybody. Everybody in here is different from everybody else. You know, we have different personalities. That's the way God made us. God made us all unique. But God made us to have this one mind. That's what we're meant to do, is to have this one mind of loving God and spreading his gospel. Number two, compassion. Peter tells us that we need to have compassion. Compassion is hard to come by nowadays. It's so hard. It's hard to feel bad for people that are doing such evil deeds. I struggle with it. I, have to, I get convicted when I look at the way things, when I watch the news or when I look at the things people are doing, it's so hard to feel compassion for them. How can you? How, how, how could we love somebody that does such evil things? And every time I think that, I just remember that Jesus loved me when I was evil. Jesus loved me before I was saved, and he saved me. And you think about sin, God doesn't label each individual sin. Sin is sin in the eyes of God. So even though our flesh likes to say, well, my sins aren't as bad as their sins, they are. And in the end, that sin, whatever sin it is, is going to get you sent to hell if you're not saved. God doesn't say, well, if you, don't, if you do this little sin, you won't get sent to hell. But if you do this really big sin, you, you'll be fine. That's not how it works. All of us that are not saved, we're, we're doomed. And that, but, of course, God gave us the opportunity to be saved. But going back to compassion, we have to have compassion for other people. We have to be open-minded. We have to have a, I want to say, a soft heart. A lot of us have a heart of stone. I used to have a heart of stone because I didn't want to feel compassion for people that I thought I was better than, just to be frank. I no longer think that I'm better than them. I think they need God too. Who am I to say that they don't deserve to hear the gospel? Who am I to say that they don't deserve God's love? Because I didn't deserve God's love. I still don't. I didn't deserve to be saved. I still don't. So when we think about the evil in this world, the best way to combat that sin is to have compassion for them. Because compassion, the, the, the feeling of compassion will lead us. It, it's, it's the gateway to, to love. It's the gateway to praying for other people and loving one another. And that's why Peter mentions it. Number three, he says love. Seeing and treating one another as brothers and sisters. We're each brothers and sisters in Christ. And we need to treat each other like that. You know, we, as, as humans, we tend to favorite certain people. And we tend to or favorite certain groups of people. And then other groups of people are like, well, I better stay away from them. You know, and that's not to say to go and hang out with people who are going to lead you into sin and who are going to lead you astray, but you still need to pray for those people. You still need to love those people because those people are just as deserving of God's love as we are, if not more, because we have God's love. If we're saved, we have God's salvation and God's forgiveness. If they don't, if they're not saved, they don't have that salvation yet, and they, just, they need it. And it's, so it's even more important to show the love to them. Because I don't, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, well, every time I've, had, every time I've went to a church, I've just been judged. Every time I try to talk to somebody about Jesus, they just bring up my past and tell me how sinful I am. You know? And we have to understand that 
yes, evil is bad, and we should not stand for evil. We should stand for good. But we have to treat people with love because we don't know, any, we don't know anybody's situation. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they've been through. They could be on the verge of getting saved, and all that they need is somebody to come up to them and say, Jesus loves you. It's not that hard, and sometimes that's all it takes. Now, I know I've been in contact with people who absolutely did not want to have anything to do with God or Jesus or the Bible. They just thought it was stupid. They thought, I'm not going to do this at all. But you can still tell them because who knows what that seed that you plant will do. Now, I'm not no gardener, but I know that God is, and he will plant that seed. And once that seed is planted, he will grow it. And just because they don't get saved right then and there, you don't know what that person, you don't know what just telling somebody that Jesus loves them or just being nice to them. You know, you don't have to just go up to somebody and say, oh, Jesus loves you. That'd be great if you do that. But even just an act of kindness, just letting Jesus shine through you, that's all it takes sometimes. And, you know, I I think the biggest compliment I can ever receive is when somebody says, I see Jesus through you. Because when they see Jesus through you, it doesn't matter what you do. If you're living for God and everything you do is for the Lord, people are watching. I, I have people all the time come up to me and say, I'm so proud of the things that you've done. I don't know who they are. There's been times. You never know who's watching you. You know, and that person that you or that God lays on your heart, that's all that they might need is a little bit of love. I know that I just needed a little bit of love. You know, when I was sin sick and when I wasn't saved, I just needed some love. I just needed God's love. When I was living my life of sin, it's not necessarily that I was trying to defy God. I was just trying to fill my heart with anything that I could get. I was trying to fill my heart with something that would never fill it. You know, it, my glass that, I, that represented my heart had holes in it, and they weren't filled. I could fill whatever I wanted to, but it would never get full. And that's what people do sometimes. Sometimes people aren't sinning because they just want to actively defy God, but they're just trying to fill their hearts with whatever they can find in this world. They turn to the world because some of us Christians, we push them away because they're too good for us or we're too good for them. And so they turn to the world. And what does the world tell them? I don't have to tell you what the world is doing right now. It's evil. And so if you turn to the world, you're going to do evil things. If you listen to the world, you're not going to listen to God. Number four, being pitiful, and that means having tenderness. And tenderness kind of goes back to compassion. There's a time and a place for being harsh. I think about Jesus when he went into the land and he saw that the people were making a mockery of the house of God. They were selling things almost like a flea market. That's like us coming in here, bringing a flea market into the house of God and disrespecting. And it wasn't necessarily that they were selling things in the house of God, but they were kind of making a mockery of it. And Jesus didn't stand for that. In fact, if you read what he did, he made whips, he whipped out all the animals, he turned tables. He was harsh about it. But it was, he was angry, but it was righteous anger. And there's a time for that. There's a time to stand up for what you believe in. Because quite frankly, we need to take a stand about what's going on in our country. We need to take a stand for the Lord, and we need to take a stand... For the things that are good. But there's also a time to be tender. I don't know about y'all, but there are, my heart has been almost broken lately. It's been, it's just, I've, I've been so, I've been distant with God. And I, I know it's my own fault. And I know that I've just been going through so much. And I've just kind of been kind of shutting God out, which I know I shouldn't do. But, you know, my heart's been tender. And God could say, God could say to me, son, if you don't get your act together, you're doomed. Or you better... You better get back into church, or you better open that Bible. He doesn't send any threats. He does, he's not harsh about it. He's tender about it. Just like the prodigal son. That dad could have said, yep, you get right in here. You work for me. You're going to be a slave for the rest of your life. You ain't getting nothing. I've already given you everything I'm going to give you. But what did he do? He opened up his arms. 
How many of us would be so better off if people would just open up our arms? Sometimes that's all we need. You know, and, and this tenderness, some people, we, we need it sometimes. You know, God could easily, easily make me feel so bad for my sins, as he should. And I do feel conviction. He could just, he could easily harp on me, and he could yell at me if he wanted to. You've been doing wrong, you've done nothing but wrong. He could do that, but he's not. He's a tender God. He's a heartwarming God. And that's not to say that he's not, I won't say harsh, but that's not to say that he won't get your attention. But that's just saying that he loves you, and he's going to be tender with you, and that's what we should do to other people. It's hard. It is. And I know that I've personally, sometimes I've not been the most tender. You know, I've dealt with a lot of people, you know, especially working at EMS and working in, in public. It's hard to be tender sometimes. You know, you see such evil and such, I don't even know how to explain it, just such sin, and you're just like, how can anybody be tender to them? I just, you've got to be rash, you know, and it's hard because, you know, you look at what's happening in the world and you, you get mad. You can't help but get mad. You know, you can't help but look at what's going on in our country and you can't help but just, it's so wrong and it's so evil. But in a world of evil, we need to be tender. And that's what Peter's telling us. In order to be a Christian that is, in order to be a, I don't want to say good Christian, but in order to be a Christian, that tenderness has to be in our hearts. And it's, it's, all, it's all a balance, guys. It's, it's, it's all a balance. You have to have compassion. You have to be tender. There's a time, like I said, to stand for what you believe in. There's a time to be righteously angry. There's a time for that. But there's also a time to be tender. Number five, humility. Being willing, to, being willing to encourage one another and rejoice in another's successes. A lot of us struggle with humility. I've struggled with humility. When everything wrong is going on in our lives and we just continue to see everybody else getting blessed, getting their prayers answered, it's hard not to be jealous. It's hard not to envy that. But God doesn't want us to do that. Because each and every one of us have different prayer requests and each and every one of us have a different situation that God's going to take care of His way. And it's, it's hard not to get jealous. It's hard not to get jealous of the things of the world. You know, going back to combating sin. You know, there's so much sin in this world. And you see all of these people, people like me, who sometimes I've had to struggle, you know. I've, been more, I've had to work paycheck to paycheck sometimes. I've had to work seven days a week, you know, super long, 15-hour shifts sometimes just to make ends meet. And then people who are just so inherently evil, they have so much money they don't know what to do with. They have so much money that they just, it couldn't, it, you can't even imagine it. And it's hard because you, you think, well, I wish I had that. It's like, look how hard I'm working. Look how much I'm doing for God. And I get nothing, you know. And it's hard. It's hard to not think like that. We're human. But we have to fight back against those feelings because that's the devil. Even though your prayers might not be answered right now, God has a way, you know. Sometimes God works through unanswered prayers because we're flesh. We can't see the things that God sees. And so even though we might be living paycheck to paycheck, even though we might be living a life of sin, even though we might be struggling with things that nobody would understand, God has, his, God has a plan for each of us, each one of us individually. You know, God has a plan for each of us. So when you see somebody that's getting blessed or that's getting their prayers answered, rejoice with them. That's what Peter says, rejoice with them. You know, that's what we need to do. It's all a part of combating sin. The qualities that Peter lists here are key in, to being a good Christian and the key to combating sin. 
And I don't know about y'all, but I really, sometimes I really get, I almost get depressed. I get so mad and sad, and my emotions are just so out there when it comes to what's going on in this world. I'll read a news article, or I'll see something that's going on, and I just, it makes me want to flip my lid. It really does. It really, it just makes, I, I don't know what to do. And I'm sure a lot of us are the same way. We see people trying to shut down churches, trying to take God out of everything. We see the evil that's going on, and it's, it makes you mad. It makes you, it, it hurts you, and you just, you don't know what to do. And that's part of the reason that God put this message on my heart because I'm preaching just as much to me as I am to y'all because I'm telling you, I, I struggle with the same thing. You know, we, we try so hard. We try so hard to stay in church. We try so hard to spread the gospel. But it just seems like everybody's just mocking us and openly mocking God. They don't care. It seems like the morals are non-existent in today's world. And that's why it's so hard for somebody to preach, oh, well, you need to be good and kind to them. You know, it's hard. And sometimes when people tell me that I need to be good and kind to them, I'm like, well, why? They're so evil. They're so inherently evil. They don't care. But you just got to think of what God did for us, you know. When we were living our life of sin, what if a churchgoer, somebody that was saved, looked at us and said, I better stay away from them. They don't deserve to be saved. You know, what if, what if that everything comes back to, in a circle? I have one more line of scripture before I end tonight. Just a little bit of encouragement. When you think about the evil that's going on in the world, it's a pretty familiar text, and it's going to be Psalms 37. A psalm of David. And it says, Fret not because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. David is telling us that we don't need to be scared. We don't need to fret or to be afraid of evildoers. It's hard not to, but we don't need to be. Because here's the thing. This world is going to perish. This world is going to be no more. And like I've said before, you're either going to end up in a pine box or on somebody's mantle. We're all going to die one day, and that's just the sad truth. That's unfortunate truth. You know, I, I was thinking about when I was preaching at my papa's funeral. You know, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And when we took him to the graveyard and put him in that hole, I said, there's got to be more to life than this. And God just reminded me that there is. Yeah, there's evil. Yeah, there's horrible things going on. But God loves us, and Jesus died for our sins. He died for each and every one of us, and he died for those who were committing e- these evil deeds. And it's, it's encouraging to know that God tells us not to fret. He's going to take care of the evil. I know that we think, we see some of the things that these people are doing, and we think, their day's never going to come. They're, they're going to get away with everything. Justice is never going to be served. Yeah, well, American justice might not be served, but God's justice will. And I say all this to say that even though we shouldn't fret. We should also try our best to reach out to these people. The people that we think about that are in the most trouble, we need to be the most kind to. The people who are in such, living such lives of sin, those are the people we need to be kind to. You know, We don't know what they're going through. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard to think that way, but we have to. That's what God leads us to do. He leads us to love. And when you think about combating sin, love is the only thing that's going to combat sin because love is the only thing that saved us. Because Jesus died on that cross through an act of love, that's what saved us. Not the world. Not ourselves. Not our preachers. Not our deacons. Not our Gideons. Not our church. But Jesus. And Jesus did all that because he loves us. And that's why we have to take that love that Jesus showed us and show it to other people. And I know, like I said, I know it's hard. But we just have to keep praying. 
And God's not, God understands. God sees what's going on in the world too. People might be living secret lives of sin. Well, look what Adam and Eve did. They tried to hide it from God, but God knows everything. God knows what you're going through, but God also knows how to help you. You just have to pray for guidance and wisdom. That's what I've had to do. I'm, when it comes to being, nobody's perfect. You know, none of us are perfect. And I can tell you that just because, just because I preach and just because I gave my life to preach, there's a target on my back. I probably struggle a lot more than anybody thinks. I probably struggle a lot more than a lot of people just because I, I have such burdens. And the devil loves to get on me. He loves to keep me quiet. And it's hard. It's, it's hard to continue to preach in today's times because nobody li- it seems like nobody listens to you. But that's what I was talking about, the seed that you have to plant. And I, I pray every day that God will lead. Something will happen in this country. Something will happen in our churches. I, want, I, want everybody to, I, I don't want anybody to go to hell. You know, I want everybody to get saved because everybody deserves the love and the peace that I feel when Jesus saved my soul. I, everybody deserves to feel that love. Nobody deserves to feel that alone. And unfortunately, that's what sin's going to get you, alone. Sin's going to make you, you know, we think about, it's so literal when I hear that sin will make you pay more than you want to pay. That's so true. Sin is going to lead you ultimately to death. Even though right now it might seem like the people who are living lives of sin are living these luxurious lives. Well, that's all fun and fun and games. But that Ferrari ain't going to give them into heaven. You know, that mansion ain't going to give them into heaven. It's not. The love of Jesus is. And I know that it seems like sin will never be combated, but Jesus died for our sins. That debt is paid. We just have to accept it. It's not a matter of how do we get it. It's a matter of when will we accept it? When will we get down on the altar and forgive or let God forgive us for our sins? You know, and whenever you look, whenever if you do still watch the news, if you look at these people and you think, well, they're never going to get saved, all it would take for them to go down on the altar and ask God to forgive them, and he would. That's because God loves us. The only unforgivable sin is blasphemy, and we know that. But these people that we think are too far gone, all they would have to do is come down to the altar, and God would forgive them. So when you're, th- when you're sitting back and looking at the news or looking at the world or just going out into town because it's, it's here, you know, we can't deny it, it's here. The sin is here. When you go out there, just remember that God loves them too. And maybe go up to somebody that you think or that you know is having a hard time or somebody that you know doesn't live for God and just tell them that Jesus loves them. You know, you don't have to be, I'm not, that's not me saying go over and shove it in their face and tell them, you know, if you don't get saved, you're going to hell. That's what I, talk, I was talking about. You've got to be tender about it. Because once you, you've got to open the gate and be tender. Because then once they, once you kind of preach to them and once you get them to where they need to be, then that's when you can open up the Bible to them. And that's when they can read it themselves and that's when they can, you can kind of transition into the more, I don't want to say harsh, but the more important things. And I just, sometimes I just, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. You know, we say, I know that the times are near, but I don't, nobody knows, none of us know when it's going to happen. And that's why, I know I can't really give good advice and I don't really have much, but Love the Lord and love your neighbor, you know, because the end's happening whether we like it or not. The evil that's going on in the world, it's happening. There's nothing we can do about it. We can pray. That's all we can do, and God will take care of it, and he will. Like I read in Psalm 37, he will take care of it. But while we're waiting on that day to come, let's try to bring as many people to God as we can, you know. 
I guarantee that some of these leaders, you know, these political leaders or these business leaders or whatever, CEOs, whatever, whoever they are, you know, if they had God, I'd say things would be a lot different. So instead of praying for their demise, pray for their salvation. You know, I, I, can't, I can't imagine what would happen if some of the people in, our, in this country, some of the leaders of our country would just get saved and just love God and serve our country the way that God intended for it to be. You know, and that's not impossible. It seems like it is, but it's not. God could save them, you know. And even though, even though we can't do much, just pray for them. If, even if that's all we can do, pray for them. You know, because that's what God leads us to do. And going back to Peter, that's what Peter led us, is telling us to do. So, one mind, compassion, love, tenderness, and humility. Those are five good qualities to help combat with sin. And I know, I know, that, it's, I know that it's hard, and it, it will continue to get hard, and life will continue to be hard until Jesus comes back. There's no escaping it. There's no escaping sin. There's no escaping what the world's going to do. The world's going to do what the world's going to do, and it's going to burn one day. There's nothing we can do to stop that. But we can continue to love the Lord. We can continue to come to church. We can continue to love one another. We can continue to pray for one another. And we can continue to spread the gospel. I hope that one day these church pews are absolutely filled to the brim and people are lining up to get in. Because when God comes, it's going to be too late. If they haven't been saved, it's going to be too late. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want somebody that I love or care for to die and go to hell because I didn't say enough to them. I don't want somebody on the street. I don't even want somebody on the street to die and go to hell because I didn't go up to them, or because I thought I was better than them, and I let my pride get in the way of it. You know, I don't even want to see. The, I don't even want to see. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. You know, but if you don't get saved, that's where we're going. This world, not everybody in it, but this world is going to hell because God's going to burn it. It's going to come a day where the fire and brimstone will rain down, and there's nothing we can do about that. That's inevitable. But what's not inevitable? is our salvation. We know where we're going. God's going to take us, and we're not going to have to worry about it anymore. But I encourage you to to just go out and just spread it as much as you can. You know, spread the love of God. Spread the gospel. Get people into church. Invite your friends. You know, because even though we, we know what's happening, we know the Bible, but for people that don't know it, for people who aren't saved, they don't know, they might not know anything about the Bible. They might not know that they have to get saved in order to go to heaven. They might not know that the good works alone are not enough to get you into heaven. They might not know that God will forgive all these sins. They might not know that God is a God of love and compassion. You know, they might not know that. So that's why you have to go into it tenderhearted. Have compassion. Love them. Be humble. And just trust in the Lord. He will, he will lead us through this. It might not seem like it, but he will. Pray for your county. Pray for the county officials. Because the evil is, just because we're a small county doesn't mean the evil won't get us. Trust me, it's everywhere. So pray for your leaders. Pray that they won't succumb to the world and the society because it's very easy. You know, We're a silent majority, but we don't need to be silent. We need to stand up. We need to stand up for the Lord. We need to stand up for what's right. We don't need to be silent anymore because that silence is what's getting people out of church. That silence is what is getting God pushed out of our schools and our courthouses and everywhere in our, our country. That silence is what's keeping us from spreading the word of God. That silence is what's keeping people from coming into church. And it's unfortunate, but it's true. We just need to stand up. We need to love the Lord. We need to love each other. And we just need to continue to pray, continue to pray for everybody, continue to pray for our country. And like I said, the, the end is inevitable. There's no use worrying about it. God doesn't want us to worry about it. If you're saved, you know where you're going. But there are people that aren't. 
There will be people in our church until the day that Jesus comes that they won't be saved. Not necessarily in our church, but in the churches. You know, and that's why you always just need to be kind to everybody. And you never know what one word or one phrase or one Bible verse or one hug or one good deed will do. You know, and it just... I like to say that ignorance is bliss because the, more, the less you know about somebody, probably the better. We just need to have that ignorance. And I know that sounds really weird, but what I mean by that is we just need to act like we don't know anything about their past. We, we just need to act like we don't know anything about their lives, and we just need to love them like God loves us. And that's hard. And we'll never be able to perfectly love each other like God loves us, but we need to try. You know, we need to look past, every, we need to look past our diff, difficulties and our differences, and we just need to love. And so... When you ask yourself, what can I do to combat this sin? The answer is love. Everything that I've just talked about, it's just it's that simple. It doesn't seem simple, but it is. One act of love. You know, we could, we, I could preach all night about how love can combat sin. And one day the Lord might lead me to do that. But for now, I just want you all to know that I love you and God loves you. And we need to love one another. I encourage it. I encourage you just... Even if you know somebody's saved, just still tell them you love them. You know, I'm saved, but I still go through troubles. And it seems like, it seems like Pastor Darren always knows when to text me because he'll text me when I'm feeling down. He'll just tell me that he loves me and that he's praying for me. And that means so much to me. And I know that if we did that to one of, you know, some of our friends, I know that it would mean a lot because it meant a lot to me. You never know what somebody's going through. And in today's times, it's hard. It's hard to stay encouraged. It's hard to even be happy, you know. When we're having to pay more than we ever paid just to live, when the when the cost of living is so outrageous, you can barely afford to pay your rent and pay your bills. It's hard, people. But the thing is, the cost of living might go up, and everything else in the world might go up, and change is inevitable. But what's not inevitable, or what is inevitable, what's going to stay the same, and what's going to be forever is God's love and our salvation. And that's why we just need to continue to pray. And I just ask that if you're not saved, that you get saved. Not for me. Don't do it for me. Because in the end, I know where I'm going. But I'm going to miss you if I don't see you in heaven. You know, you getting saved is going to mean a lot to me, but it's not going to change my salvation. So I'm not just telling you that. I'm not going to personally gain anything but love. You know, I'm not going to personally gain anything from that. But I, I encourage you to get saved because if you don't, I won't get to see you. You know, God will tell the song I was singing. You know, I can't wait to hear God say, well done, my good and faithful one. I can't wait to hear him say that. But I, what I don't want to hear is, depart from me, I never knew you. I don't want to hear that. And it breaks my heart to even think that I could hear that. And I know you don't want to hear that either. And I know that you don't want that loved one or that friend to hear that either. And that's why you just got to love. I know it's touche, but it, you, that's what you got to do. That's all you got to do. Love is so powerful. If we can just, if we know the right kind of love, if we have God's love and we can spread that, that's what's going to help. That's what's going to commit. That's what's going to, Get rid of sin. That's what's going to combat it. Does anybody have anything on their hearts before I dismiss this today? I thank God for each and every one of y'all. I really do. And I just ask that you continue to pray for me. I don't know where this life's going to take me, but I'm ready. I don't know what the Lord's going to do in my life, but I'm ready. And I pray that each and every one of y'all can go home with peace and knowing that you're saved. But I also hope that each and every one of y'all can go home and just pray for one another. I hope that it encourages you to maybe be tender or even more tender 
or be even more humble or even more kind to people, random people. It doesn't matter. You know, strangers. Go up to somebody. Just let them know you love them. Let them know that God loves them. It's not hard. We just got to pray that God will give us the wisdom to do what to do. God loves us, and he wants, to, he wants us to continue to spread his word, and he wants us to continue to be humble and kind, and he doesn't want us to fall into evil. I just, and I appreciate all the time that y'all have given me and just for listening to me. I know it's this, the, the devil's been on me all night, and he's been, he's been harking me. And it's been, you might not, you might be able to tell, you might not, but it's been, it's been rough. And we got, oh man, but you just got to get through it. You just got to say, you got to pray that the devil gets off your back. He hates it. He hates when we spread the love of God. Trust me, every time I get up here to preach or sing, that devil's on me like you wouldn't believe. But I know where the devil's going, and I know where I'm going, and I know what's in store for us. And I, and I hope that what's in store for all of us is that we're going to see Jesus one day. And all the evil and all the heartbreak and all the sickening, immoral acts that are being committed in this world will be no more. I can't wait. But until then, spread the love. Thank you for your time and thank you for, it's it's an honor to be up here. And I just appreciate y'all listening to me. I know it's late and we're all pretty tired. I'm tired too, trust me. But I just pray that you can get some rest in the Lord. And just, if if you don't remember anything that I say tonight, just remember that, Love is the only thing that's going to combat this sin. Thank you.